Hey, how's it going? Welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Cassidy Travel. Check out the link in the bio below as well for some excellent offers as well check it out folks uh, especially there's still some tickets available for the game in london this weekend check it out michael mcquade colin crone and brian o'leary uh, here to talk over what was uh, an eventful week seven sunday and we're going to also preview the muck that is monday night football tonight and uh, yeah and I'll, I'll leave that at that and we'll talk about it later on colin uh how are you doing you doing good uh, yeah, overall, uh, pretty pretty well. In enjoyed um, yesterday's suite of games. It's it's easier when you know you've accepted your team's fate and you can just enjoy the other thirty one teams. Brian, just on Column's point, there we are in no way affiliated with the NFL, of course. So I can put this across. Um, as much as we enjoy the NFL, I I thought the slate of games yesterday was very poor across the board. It was quite, I, from a neutral viewpoint, there wasn't much going on, especially in the early window. Am I wrong to suggest that? Or? I think it's to Colin's point last week, when I was on Thursday show or last Monday, the points on average is down on this season compared to last season. I think defensively, most teams, the defences this year are playing a lot better. It'll probably change as the season goes on. I can understand why you would think that there was a lot of games that were, look, we got so used to seeing really, Explosive games by and large for first three, four weeks of the season, but things have slowed down. I said it last week, you know, the points wasn't as extensive as what we saw, but I still felt there was a number of good storylines there. You know, there was close. It, the Witching Hour still had some dramatic finishes at the end, and maybe not so much in the late games. The late games were, weren't as exciting either. Sorry, I was just changing the order of the notes. I'm going to go first. Uh, we will talk about the Chiefs. Chiefs were supposed to be number one on the, on, on, on the agenda, but I'm going to go straight in because Mark's not here. So let's get to it. Column is Tom Brady washed as he finished? Is this is this the end? Should he have walked away last year or the year before? Is Brady done? Uh, his stats yesterday, I haven't got them in front of me, were quite flattering. I think it was 29 for 40. The passes that he missed in the fourth quarter especially were, were very telling. And I know he's got a different offensive line, but to go up against PJ Walker and get defeated by the Carolina Panthers who lost their franchise player during the week is is stunning and I think we'd be saying would be negative of, of any quarterback going in there this Sunday but for it to be Tom Brady and to show that serious decline is a major issue surely in Tampa Bay at the minute and I understand they've got games coming up thick and fast they've got a Thursday night game which we'll look forward to this week against the Ravens but it just doesn't look right he does not look happy and I guess we can all hope that he just wises up for Munich in a few weeks. Yeah, I, Michael, I get, I get um, plenty wrong, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But it was obvious to me last year that despite playing at uh, an exceptionally high level, we we saw the first signs I felt of actual decline of, of Tom Brady of the hand-eye coordination I've talked about it on the show before you saw it against the Saints la- last year for the first time he looked at the hand and he was like why is the ball not going where I wanted to go and we saw it a, a couple of times he's still Tom Brady he can still almost will things into existence but you know father time remains undefeated and Let's be, you know, I mean, rounded out. This is not only about Tom Brady, right? The the Bucks running game is horrific. <laughs> Lenny Fournette got paid, and um, the difference between Lenny in search of a contract and Lenny having a contract is um, 
considerable, certainly. And um, the O line hasn't helped, but you know there are there are very few players, there are very few people who get to you know choose to go out on top. I imagine you know maybe if Brady had his time again, would he would he choose differently? He might well do. I think you know he's. We saw him last week uh, at the podium be very defiant and say retirement is not in my future. I think retirement is, is coming in. Um, you know, I think, look, given the division, I think they can they can still make the playoffs because I, I just think that that division is incredibly kind. There's nobody winning with a winning record there. But I, I believe that the 2022 season, whenever it ends, will be the last we see of Tom Brady in, uh, in a playing capacity. Brian, Colin makes a really good point there about Lenny Fournette. Uh, basically, he had eight carries for 19 rushing yards yesterday. Daniel Jones had 11. Fair play to him for getting those 11 yards. Like Fournette getting 19 rushing yards yesterday. I mean, it's just, it's concerning. You have that Mike Evans situation in the first quarter, never mind the fact that he's getting, he's given those signatures. I can't wait to ask him for one in Munich in a few weeks' time on the training day on Friday. But um, it's, it's, you know what? It's pretty sad to watch. It, it actually is concerning because whenever, um, and Colin mentioned it there, Peyton Manning, in his last year, it was quite clear that he had regressed and he was sort of backed up by that big defense. He could hand the ball off to his running backs and get away with it almost. But I feel at the minute, especially watching that game yesterday when they were down by two scores, it was like, they're not coming back here. And Ravens fans are worried about first. I don't know what the hell they're worried for because that team isn't doing anything. And it was 32 of 49, 290 yards. That flatters Brady. That performance yesterday was atrocious. It's an accumulation of a number of things, Michael. Like Brady is the focus here, and he always will be because of the player in which he is, but there's a lot of things going wrong. Colin touched on the run game. You've, you've followed up with fair stats in the game, but overall, yesterday, 16, 16 rushes, 46 yards in total. So whoever was carrying the ball yesterday couldn't get it done. The defence, as good as it's been, and we, we spoke about how highly, how good they started the season against the Cowboys, they gave up 173 yards on the, on the game yesterday. Uh, on, you know, I'm sorry, in, in rushing with to Chubba Hubbard and a couple of other guys. Like, it wasn't like McCaffrey was there. He was gone. It's a problem there. Mike Evans drops that ball on the, like, Brady's, yeah, Brady's off, but he is still putting the ball in the position for, for receivers to catch the ball. I mean, that one yesterday. Open play the game. That, the, he, he puts that in. Yeah, you can imagine things might go differently. So it's just a combination. Yeah, Brady's form is off, but it's just an accumulation of things and he hasn't got. He hasn't got the players, but he. They're gonna. They're gonna look to, to Stratton next week before the, before the deadline. They have to. He needs a. He needs a tight end. He needs a slot receiver. He doesn't want to play with players in the perimeter. Evans is his main target. He's on the outside. He doesn't want that. He wants to be putting the ball in the middle of the field. He doesn't have those players. That complements his style. And if they don't get that sort, maybe before next week, season could end. I know Colin's saying it's a long way to go and they'll be in the shakeup. But you're right. I look at the Ravens game Thursday. I wouldn't fancy them. They play the Rams the following week. That's a tough one. And is I know we were off on Seattle at the start of the season, but right now Seattle are one of the form sides, especially offensively, and they got to play them in Munich. No one ever thought Seattle would be going into that game. But Tennessee has the favours, and they could well be in a couple of weeks if they don't get their the house in order. It's a Torsey's going to be a huge game for them. For what it's worth, both teams arrive into Munich on the Friday at the same time. Uh, Seattle leave a little bit earlier because of the time difference for them but that's the plan as far as I know it'll be interesting what happens and the records are at in a few weeks Colin I, I know there's a lot of a lot of fans of the Patriots in Ireland a lot of Brady fans in Ireland so you know I think it's important to say that 
for anybody watching this league, any neutral or anyone, whether you love or hate Brady, we want him to go out in his own way. So I, I just think it's sad to see. But there's also a lot of Panthers fans in Ireland, the UK and Europe, listening to this podcast. And they'll be buzzing with what they've seen yesterday with PJ Walker. I know our guy Tim Jenkins was very high up on PJ Walker at one point, And now he looks like he's going to be the the starter for at least a considerable future 177 yards two two passing touchdowns in a day and 16 for 22 not a bad not a bad day for him even if it was a bit of a slow start for the Panthers but look the Panthers got it done man they got it done and for for Foreman to get 120 yards rushing against this Bucks defense I don't want to go into the Bucks too much here because I don't want to turn this into a Bucks podcast but you, you have to ask serious questions around the coaching of this Bucks team because this is I just don't think it would have been I don't think it would have been called for this time last year and that's all I'm going to say if we can talk about the Panthers I'll shut up well look I think the, this shows you and this result should highlight that you cannot take anything for granted and that things can change very very quickly in this league positively and neg- negatively uh, you know you can look look at the, the mess the Eagles were in with Carson Wentz and, and how they turned that around equally you know like talked about it before the league puts an emphasis on parity right there's a parity com- um you know committee who look to do this so everything they do is a- is around that and certainly the panthers yesterday deser- absolutely thoroughly deserved it it wasn't a fluke it wasn't that they got the bounce of a ball they put in the the performance and they're both a, a combination of, I suppose, the, the Bucks' struggles and the, the Panthers' defense, um, you know, ha- helped in that respect. I mean, for the, the Bucks, just to, to kind of emphasize how it was, they, so their drives were punt, 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 punt. That was the first half. Second half, punt, turnover on downs, punt, punt, field goal, end of game. Uh, <laughs> um and and the Panthers went went out and did what what they needed to do. Yeah, PJ Walker, who um, you know had last week, we talked about the fact that he, the furthest he threw the ball last week was uh, one yard down the field. Looked uh, very different th- this week, and they're going to roll with him, which I think tell, tells you a lot about Baker Mayfield and and Sam Darnold and and how they they feel about that. They probably want to see what PJ can do because they're going to be moving off of those two guys and kudos to him. There were two XFL QB, former XFL QBs who had very good days uh, yesterday. You, you you like seeing, you know, every fan base and the Panthers have had a rough few years and losing Christian McCaffrey, it had been certainly a rough week. So happy for them to have gotten a fully and thoroughly deserved victory yesterday. Any final points to make on either team, Brian? Obviously, uh, a great day for guys like Chubba Hubbard, but uh, a great team performance from the Panthers who will be buoyed because they're not that far back in the division now, which is hilarious. One game back, Michael. Unbelievable, isn't it? Like They play the, they play the Falcons this weekend. Imagine they were to turn over this Falcons team. Um, I was happy for Wilkes, like he's taken on the job and he's already pretty much been told you would have to do something extraordinary to get the job. So maybe that's the start of the extraordinary storyline that we might see over the coming weeks and months that he can win more games than it's ex- than expected. They, they've got a haul back for on the McCaffrey deal. We never got an opportunity really to speak because that happened late on Thursday night going into Friday after we finished recording. I mean, they got a good return on that. Like, they, you know, if they are in the top three or four selecting in the draft next year, they will likely get a future quarterback, a future star, judging by what's been said about the guys coming out. So, yeah, it might, it might be a difficult time for Panthers fans, but 
Look, we spoke about this this league time and time again. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year, haven't won four games the year before. There's teams like the Jets and the Giants who have had bad seasons now challenging for divisions. NFL can change very quickly, so I, I wouldn't say all is lost for the Panthers in the future. Let's touch on McCaffrey. Let's look at that Chiefs for uh, the Niners game and Colin, we have to have to hold the hands up. Mahomes was absolutely stunning on Sunday. Uh, three passing touchdowns, twenty-five to thirty-four over four hundred and twenty-three or sorry, over four hundred and twenty yards on the day. And um, Juju looks great. He had his Ronaldo celebration, Valdez Scantling, Travis Kelsey, all combining for you know together for over two hundred, well, nearly. More than 300 yards. That's ridiculous. Uh, I think you know when you could Chad Henney coming into the game at the start of the fourth, you've got a serious problem there in that sense. But um, it didn't work out for McCaffrey in his first game. Um, I know Brian was saying that we, did, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. You know, the podcast was recorded on Thursday and it went out uh, overnight on Thursday. And it actually dropped. I haven't really talked about this on the air. It dropped when I was going to bed at 10 to 5 on Friday morning. So I, I just want to find Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Thanks a million, lads, for that two-hour sleep on Thursday night. But I'm stunned nobody offered a first for him. Uh, I know we can sit here and we can talk about the value in the market and all. Well, they still got a good deal, yada, yada, yada. I, I really thought somebody would have bid at that. Um, but I'm intrigued to see what Kyle Shanahan is thinking here. I really am. Jimmy Grapple had a shocker of a day. I know you're very... Uh, you know, you, you, you enjoy analysing his performances, column, shall we say. Uh, but I just don't see where... I, I was surprised he went to the Niners. Is it fair to say that? I could have seen, I could have picked four or five teams in, on, on my right hand I thought he would have go to and I didn't, I would not have picked the Niners. That being said, I wish him the best. Um, well, it ultimately came down to the Niners and the Rams, but there were a few other teams involved. To be honest, I, I think him going to the Niners tells you everything you need to know about what they think about um, Jimmy G. I, ultimately, there is there is an incredible book to be written about the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan years in the Bay Area and what has gone on in, in terms of uh, running backs and, and the way in which they, they have utilised running backs uh, in terms of the draft and, and trades and Jimmy and, and everything else. I, I think it's a team that looked around the NFC and said, this is this is winnable. We can go out and we could potentially make a, a serious run here. And talked about it, you never know what is going to happen. You look around the league and, and you see a significant number of injuries yesterday again and serious injuries. So if the opportunity is there to, to make a run, I can understand why teams figure they they have to to try, but it does put them in the predicament of I suppose not having um, a whole lot to to go on in the future. But they're going to say, look, we we need to win a, a ring, and we've invested all this in now, and we'll figure out the future when we figure it out. Look, they there will be better days for the 49ers. They ran into a Chiefs outfit yesterday who are fantastic. And we've talked about it on the show before. Andy Reid is an absolute magician. And Aaron Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the, everything, everything worked for them yesterday. They came up with a brilliant plan to nullify Bosa. Um, but a lot of what I suppose people thought might impact on the, the Chiefs in that when Tyree Kill was gone, just hasn't happened. Uh, so stats, offensive plays of 20-plus yards, 
um, it, through the first seven games. Last year, 23. This year, 37. Nearly nearly doubled it despite not having Tyreek Hill. Um, they are converting 47% of their third and longs. Now, that is probably not sustainable to keep it at that level, but it tells you where they're at. And I was listening to the Athletic podcast um, on my way to work this morning, and they had this insane stat. So since Mahomes came into the, the league with the Chiefs, there have been 18 games where he has been down by 10 points or more, by at least 10 points during the game. He has a winning record in those games. He's 10 and 8. The next closest team is the Eagles, who've put themselves in a, a hole on 26 occasions, and they have 8 and 18. So it, it is just insanity what Patrick Mahomes, he, he is never dead and buried. I mean, that's the thing about this game yesterday. They went down by 10 points. They threw the interception, and it just never felt like, you know, it was like the blink of an eye, and they were back in it. Brian, uh, just on what Colm said there, first off, I can't believe you wasn't listening to my podcast. Thanks for that, Colm. And people that are w- watching this live, get a comment in on YouTube, search Irish NFL Show. We'll get we'll get to your comments at the end. Really appreciate it. Uh, Brian, the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan are now 1 for 30 when they're trailing by three or more points entering the fourth quarter. There, right, right, let me take this and put this to two sides. There are a lot of Niners fans that listen to this podcast, a lot of Niners fans in Ireland that are obviously very excited of McCaffrey coming in um, and obviously he's a phenom of a running back he's the best running back in the league obviously my issue with the whole situation is does Kyle Shanahan have a plan for this team what is the plan for this team because I just don't see what he's at and the granted he has he's been given a bit of a bad hand in terms of what happened to Trey Lance but it's just there's so many things going on the only thing you could say about them at the minute is the NFC is complete trash so they have a hell of a chance as it stands. All they got to do is win, what, six more games? And they've got a shot at the big time at the Rose of Tralee in February. Who knows? But uh, Chiefs look good. What's his plan, Michael? I would suggest the plan is to play strong defensive football. They were number one defence going into the game yesterday and then rely on Garoppolo to win games and be efficient on on, on his side on his side of the ball in terms of the offence. We didn't see either of that yesterday. Obviously, Columns they alluded to Jimmy Garoppolo as well with his bad play. I think they've had seven turnovers in the space of two weeks. Um, that's not good. And then defensively, yesterday, um, DeMarco Ryan is that defensive quarter. He's the guy that gets all the, uh, the attributes for how great he is. His business Salah left. When yesterday in the second half, the Chiefs put, put up 30 points on him. And he never adjusted the defense once. He went zone throughout the course of the game. And usually when you play against the Chiefs, you try to go man to man and disturb the wide receivers and try to lock them down as best you can. He didn't do that yesterday. So let's play zone. He didn't adjust, which I found very unusual. I was listening to a podcast and what Colin was saying on this one this morning. The media they said, why didn't they adjust when they realised it wasn't working? Flip to something else. You know what you're going to get from this Chiefs team. The explosive play after explosive play. What I, from a Chiefs perspective, what really impressed me is again, and we've seen it time and time again this season, red zone efficiency. They were four for five in the red zone. It's like when they get into the red zone, you can forget about it. It's a touchdown. Trying to hold them to field goals is very difficult. And they're getting plays from everybody right now. You've called out all the players that are performing. I looked at the Chiefs' schedule. They're on a bye next week. And you were saying last week about, are we, is it a likelihood that we will see the Chiefs and the Bills in, the, in a in a potential playoff game? It's hard to see how they won't play each other. Like the Ravens have their struggles, and we thought they'd be close, and the Chargers. 
I mean, they're the biggest pair of sp- the biggest spoofers I've ever seen in the NFL world. So we'll get to them shortly. Um, I mean, who's going to stop these two these two teams? Chiefs next week. Sorry, they're on a bye. Then they play Titans at home. No chance for the Titans in that game. And then they play the Jags at home before they go to the Chargers, who are a soft, soft side. So um, I tell you what, we'll we'll wrap it up. I will come back. <laughs> Uh, after Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, you said, you said it yourself last week. How can you see these two teams? You know, the AFC. These two teams are, mar- are murky. They stand out in the AFC. But uh, look, yeah, I just yes, the 49ers are going to correct this. They'll correct it by playing strong defense and Garoppolo stops turning the ball over. That'd be, that'd be a, a helping hand. Let's talk about the uh, Chargers. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Call Seahawks run ragged on them. Uh, fantastic performance any word on i haven't seen this to be fair is there any word on jesse jackson because there was obviously that injury situation yesterday um i wouldn't go as far as saying they're spoofers they have issues there's many teams in, in the league in both the afc and the nfc at the minute that have issues but we can work on issues it's only week seven yeah am i wrong to suggest that who wants to go for it? Come on, Colin. Sorry. <laughs> I, no, I, I'll let you. I'll let you. You, you go, Brian, because I want to talk about the Seahawks. JC Jackson is gone for this season. I'm potentially in for a large part of next season. That's how severe. When was that announced? I've completely missed that. Yeah, well, I've seen, seen something there this evening that he's definitely gone for the season, and the likelihood is it'll be a struggle. That's for awful him. for him. Yeah, it is difficult. Yeah, and then there was also a thing around why the Patriots didn't. Uh, look to sign him up and lock him into a contract because they had concerns about his knee for quite some time and the medical people were telling Belichick not to go near him with a long-term contract. This was actually part of the whole story that I was reading to see the fact that he is gone. Um, so it looks like he's gone. Uh, they've also, I think they lost some other offensive line guy yesterday. Look, um, I don't know why I picked the charge in this game. Like I, Brandon Staley is, was brought in to fix this defence. He's going up against Pete Carroll and for all the love and hate Pete Carroll gets on, on this show and from the NFL circles, Pete Carroll's a, a very good head coach and he's going up against Brandon Staley who was brought in to fix this defence and yeah, here we are two years later and can't seem to fix it, can't seem to fix the same thing that was causing all the trouble last year which was the run game. I mean, Kenny Walker Jr., in fairness, he's had a really good start to his NFL career. It wasn't like he just shot out of a cannon yesterday. He's been playing really well. He played well last week and scoring a touchdown against the Cards the week prior in in New Orleans. But they, they couldn't stop him. Yes, he went up and down the field and scored two touchdowns. You're going to get to Gino, I'm sure. But like again, Gino, twenty for twenty-seven, two hundred ten, two touchdowns. But the Chargers, like Herbert last week, didn't look comfortable against the Broncos. I put it down to the Broncos' defense being very strong. But it was going to be yesterday against defense. That's been quite poor for large parts of the season. And they got to him. Yeah, they got to him like three and a half sacks in the game. Um, okay, there's there's signs of improvement with this defense, but they're they I just don't I just don't get the charges. Um we, everybody felt they were really strong going into the season, but I just don't think it's gonna happen for them. I just I, I said they come bottom of the division and it might still be the case, but I just I I've got them George, it's all yours, come on. I think if Colin wants to talk about the Seahawks, I'll, I'll talk about the Chargers them, and then we can wrap this game up. Um, I, I get what Brian's saying, but I, I don't think they'll finish bottom of the West. I think I think one of the really really intriguing things for the Chargers because the thing that they really missed out on last year was getting to that wild card spot, and it was on it was on Staley at the time. And if if it happens again this year with the talent that they have, he's he's going to be out of a job. There's there, there's no doubt about it. Um, 
Herbert didn't have a great day. He was 33, 51. If that went to 37 or 38, he would have had another seven points probably and it would have been a lot closer. But Seattle, Seattle run them ragged. I think, Colin, that the thing for me that was interesting with the Chargers was you still got guys like Akron and Williams performing. They just need to take it up a level over the next few weeks. To get the, the thing that they've got going for them is they have to play the Raiders and the Broncos again. they got to turn it on against other teams. They were run ragged yesterday. Uh, but at the same time, they still aren't starting games well. They let in 17 points in the first quarter. That's going to be a massive issue for them going forward. But look, the Seahawks, you have to hold your hands up. Geno Smith and the Seahawks team yesterday played absolutely excellent. Uh, Kenneth Walker, sweet Jesus. I mean, if I had a pound for every run he made, or a euro, probably a euro is probably worth more now at this point today, but um, if I had a euro for every run or you know, every yard he made yesterday, I'd be a happy enough man this weekend in London. Yeah, um, I do... The only thing, anything I'll add on the, the Chargers is why was Justin Herbert throwing the ball 51 times? <laughs> I mean, that's just insane. Insane. Um, but anyway, the, the, look, uh, here, talk about getting things wrong. Um, I I owe Pete Carroll an apology. Not for what he did at USC. Still think that was wrong. But um, Pete um, was you know, got a lot of um, heat over the last few years in terms of what he was doing and how he was um, holding uh, that team back. And my goodness, they have been fantastic. And him and the the GM, and that is in turn their draft this year. Um, So Charles Cross, picked in the first round, started every game thus far. Michael, you talked about Kenneth Walker. Um, He has 350... uh, three yards since week five alone it, it like it cra- crazy abraham lucas taken in the third round started every game um brian taken in the fourth has um four force fumbles leads the nfl and um, Tariq woolen who is a candidate for defensive rookie of the year him and him and sauce has four interceptions um tied for first in the nfl the, their rookies have taken 2,111 snaps, the most in the NFL. They have gotten, up to this point, they have gotten almost everything right. They have made the adjustments that they needed to make on defense. They are explosive. And you saw Pete Carroll's coaching yesterday. Gino was really hot at, at one point at a key point in the game and came over and Carroll just... You know, calmed it, calmed the situation right down. Chino went down, made a uh, fantastic pinpoint throw to Tyler Lockett uh, after that. So, kudos to the Seahawks who are playing unbelievably well, sit atop the NFC West, and right now will have the number six pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Michael, make one more quick point on the Chargers. Um... I struggle with his offense because Colin was talking, he's made a fair point. Why did he throw the ball 51 times? Well, they threw the ball 54 times against the Broncos on, on Monday night, and the highest reception was for 22 yards to Mike Williams. Mike Williams, who now is gone with a right ankle sprain and won't be playing for the next couple of weeks. And Keenan Allen is always prone to an injury here and there. He's been out for already a large part of the season. You'd worry about his consistency to stay in the game. And Aston Eckler is a great running back on his day, but there's no consistency to the run game. It's just not a fluid situation right now, offensively. And when they don't play well offensively, defensively, probably with the exception of the Broncos game, they haven't played really well this season. So, yeah, Herbert's going to have to carry them. And 
there's players like Palmer and Carter, the wide receivers, who a lot was expected of them, haven't really stepped up either. So interesting few weeks ahead for the Chargers. I mean, they're four and three, so I'll put it out here now. I would give both my arms for Justin Herbert. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I don't think Herbert's the problem, but that's the thing. It's sort no, of he's, he's not the problem. He, he's he's the solution. So, like, yeah, I, I, I think Steely's job's in line if he doesn't get the most out of him. And I, I'm talking about divisional championship. That's That needs to be the limit, for, or the, that needs to be the expectation for that team. Uh, next game we're going to look at is the Commanders beating the Packers. I am not going to apologize for i think i called brian out on the show and i called called the, called the commanders out in, on the broadcast on on thursday uh, i watched it back i look just, just look at the stats now we started this broadcast tonight being very out on brady and talking about his performance the offensive performance from green bay yesterday was absolutely atrocious go look at the stats on the running backs, the wide receiver core, and on Aaron Rodgers, and then go look at the stats on the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. And Matt Ryan's been benched today. Granted, that's been over a number of weeks, but we're three weeks in now to this whole Packers situation. Uh, call it embarrassing for Aaron Rodgers. I genuinely don't see how they fix this. And I will also say this, fair play to Washington, fair play to Taylor Heineke and his team, fair play to Scary Terry, the defense coming up for them. When you've got teams like Washington winning, games with Taylor Heineke that's not an excuse for Aaron Rodgers to say that he's not gel with his offense Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to come in to Lambeau for OTS he chose to stay and go talk to Joe Rogan for months we're now seeing the effect of this um, like even yesterday in terms of the wide receiver core only one wide receiver for Washington had more yards than any Packers wide receiver the end of the game was embarrassing Packers fans are already looking forward to next year I don't know what they're looking forward to because they've gave Rodgers a huge contract just a, an absolute shambles but fair play to Washington who now go up against the Colts and we'll talk about the Colts they now go up against the Colts backup quarterback this week that's going to be a fun game well, yeah, I mean, look, Rodgers is, is not playing well. And I think, te- like, you only have to go back to that Giants game. And, had, you know, a couple of years ago, if you said to somebody that you, Aaron Rodgers, would have the ball in his hand in the red zone and would have two attempts to win the game and, and he wouldn't do it, that was that was telling. But it, it can't all be on Rodgers either. I mean, this is a Packers team who have shied away from taking receivers they they could they could have gone out and you know got somebody for Aaron Rodgers it was obvious that this was going to be a problem and they thought they could simply kind of get away with it and they they can't I mean yesterday was the the ultimate example of it because they put all sorts of pressure on Heineke they actually protected Rodgers uh, quite well um the the defense had a um a pick six they had they only uh, allowed what was it to 200 odd um passing yards and and yet they still lost because they just cannot move the the ball there is it, it is incredible to to watch it and 
this is what I mean in terms of the transition from season to season and the change and, and losing Adams and not bringing anyone in and the changes to both the coaching staff and the O-line. Um, but there is a huge amount of frustration. You can see it with Rodgers. You can see it with Matt LaFleur. Um, there is an incredible amount of frustration uh, there. Um, they're clearly not on the, the same page. And I think given... The, the contract that you mentioned, given where they're at, and they should be looking around the NFC and they should be saying, we need to go and get a wide receiver. Go and make the trade. Give away some of those picks. Bring somebody in. Give Aaron Rodgers a weapon because it's, you know, it, uh, if if they don't do something quickly, the Vikings are 5-1. and one. The Vikings will be out of sight in that division. Certainly the wildcard places are still up for grabs. And once you're at the dance, anything can happen. But if they continue without making any changes, it would be very difficult to see. And I know Aaron Rodgers stepped up the podium yesterday and say, hey, this is the best thing that can happen and we might wake up. It's difficult to see that being the case if they don't make changes. Brian, Colm's talking about, about the Vikings. If this was any other team if this is the Vikings and this is Kirk Cousins they'd be calling for O'Connell's head they'd be calling for Kirk Cousins head saying it's a disgrace they were blitzed like hell against the Giants and refused to change it in the fourth quarter to try and get the ball down the field the Jets went mad at them they refused to run the ball effectively during the game and all they had to do yesterday was run the ball, hand the ball off to Aaron Jones here boogies are laughing Aaron Rodgers certainly isn't laughing I genuinely do not see any situation in which they turn this round maybe i'm being a pessimist here but i genuinely think that it's done um he's not communicating effectively with his wide receiver core he doesn't seem to have the respect for his younger wide receiver cores i think it's a huge issue and i actually find that frustrating to watch as a fan um that being said i could be completely wrong and they can go out next week and win but they've still lost the last three games against the giants jets and now Washington and fair, fair play to Taylor Heineke for turning that run. I agree with you, Mike. Like, 100% agree with you. I do think it's getting to the stage where it's not far off a lost cause. Like, they're playing, they're going to the Buffalo on Sunday night. And I know Roger said, oh, maybe it'll help us be the fact that there's no expectation for us and we'll win the game potentially, but I can't see that happen. You're right in what you said. The run game is non existent. Uh, Colin had a, a message last week on social where he said they need to go back to the, the basics, run the ball effectively complement that with an offence they ran the ball for 36 yards last yesterday they basically gave up on the run game the two most efficient games they've had Packers at home against the Patriots they ran the ball for 170 yards and they played the Bears and I know the Bears defence is not great but they ran the ball for close to 200 yards and the Bears they were the most effective offensive performance they've had this season where they've leaned on the run game and then go from there on the offence teams are figuring Rodgers out I've been looking at the numbers today um, I'm going to go back as far as the playoff game the, he plays well in the first half in, in in some games. He played well in the first half yesterday. And then teams go in and readjust and he can't deal with it. Um, and you can say, oh, well, Rodgers could be readjusting. These are the trends, right? Going to go back as far as the playoff. In the second half against San Francisco in the playoffs, they scored three points. In week one against the Vikings in the second half, they scored seven points. The, against the Bears in the second half, they scored three points. They scored no points in the second half against the Bucks. The, page, the Pats game at home, the one I spoke about, where they ran the ball effectively, they got 20 points. Against the Giants, two points in the second half. The safety at the end when, when the Giants punt around the ball out of the end zone to kill the clock. Seven against the Jets last week, seven against the Commanders yesterday. They haven't do anything in the second half because defensively, teams know how to deal with 
the offense that's being put in front of them. They're not changing the offense based on last year. It's the same offense. Devontae Adams is not there. They need to readjust, change it up, figure it out, and find a new way to get the players involved. And you're right. The heads are dropping. Sammy Watkins is the best wide receiver, supposed to be. Like, with all due respect, he was nearly returning. I'm not sure how to turn around Michael. That's why I think it is a bit of an loss cost. If they lose this game on Sunday, they go to 3-5. and five. The Vikings are home to Cardinals. Not getting into picks now, but, you know, they're at home. People would expect them to win that game. They're three games behind at the moment, and they're a game behind, another game behind, because right now, the tie break, week one, the Vikings beat them. So essentially, to win the division, they're four games back. That's not going to happen. It's a wild card at best for them. And even right now, it's going to have to be a massive change. For them to be in the hunt. And I know you're saying about, Colin said about wild card spots at the moment. I just don't see it. Can't see how it's going to turn around. Could be wrong, but things look very, very off there. Joseph Aloysius Burrow. Colin, let's talk about the Bengals. Sweet Jesus, they look good. And it's a real, I mean, if they were in the NFC, I'd be, I'd put them right behind the Eagles and quite close to them if Joe Burrow plays like every week, to be fair. Um, Bengals coming back into it. Uh, I know we obviously met a lot of Bengals fans last year out in in LA and they were so high on Burrow, but they didn't start the season off that well. And I think a lot of people for a couple of weeks fell off the train thinking they would have a sort of a, maybe a more of a downbeat season. Um, 481 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, over, I think it was over 330 or 350 passing yards in the first half alone from Joe Burrow. Uh, and that's without even getting the run game together like that is ridiculous never mind the fact that they had over was it 350 yards receiving between Boyd, Chase, Higgins and Hurst like that, that's obscene I guess we can sit here and, and justify and say well it was the Falcons whatever but look who who they a good Bengals team with Joe Burrows a, a fun team to watch and I'll happily watch a quarterback that's going 34-42 every week wow what a performance sir yeah, now this is who the, the Bengals were towards the end of last year. And yeah, caveated, you know, against the the Falcons, caveated with, you know, they for a time they allowed the, the Falcons to almost come back into it and then kind of they responded. I think what's been interesting with the Bengals is the way in which they have changed. Right? At the start of the se- uh, this season, the O-line, which they seemed to have improved in the offseason, was really struggling. It looked worse than last year, despite the additions that they had made. But everything that they were doing was under centre. And teams knew exactly what was coming. I mean, it was the way in which they were lined up, teams could tell. And they've actually switched, so they're they're going mainly out of shotgun now. Um, and that has made an enormous difference in terms of what they're doing. Their run game has improved at a shotgun. Burrow, obviously, is looking. You saw yesterday some um, some design runs from him. He's got, you know, he's not he's not ever going to be uh, a running QB, but he's got wheels when he needs to. And that, you know, relationship that he has with Jamar Chase is just phenomenal. Like he he's able to to find him and the other receivers that he has. I think he came out and at the podium yesterday he said, I have three number ones and there's no ego there. And when they're on form, absolutely. This was a, a real um statement performance. I think what you will probably see is 
this is a response to, to the response. And that's what it makes the NFL so interesting, right? This is why we talk about it being chess, right? Because teams reacted to what the Bengals were doing. Now the Bengals ha- have responded to that. Now what will teams do? What will teams look to try to take away next? And Sam Monson had talked about this a little bit about how you know, and look again. We're ca- we're we're carrying this, but it's just an example. Um, Randy, Randy Moss, right? When Randy Moss first came into the, the league, the way in which he absolutely annihilated teams, they had never seen anything like him. And that first season, um, second season was incredible. Then after that, he had to find different ways to to win, and he did. And Randy Moss is one of the greatest receivers to ever play in the National Football League. It'll be interesting to see what teams look to do to take away Chase because. If you allow Chase to dictate and play how he wants to play, you are in for a long afternoon. Um, it was obviously a difficult game for the Falcons. Like they're, they play quite well this season, but they are limited. Like last week, they only threw the ball thirteen times, and sorry, twelve times. This week, they only threw the ball thirteen times. If you get into a situation where you're down by double digit scores, they don't really have the team to come back at them. And then you're going up against, as you said, the Bengals. Like three of the touchdowns yesterday. One was 60-yard, one was a 41-yard, and a 32-yard. Three explosive touchdowns. You need to have a team that has an offense that can go blow for blow, like the Chiefs or the Bills in the FC, and the Falcons in the NFC South, you know, as well as they played under Arthur Smith. And we, we were praising them last week for the turnaround of the season. They were always, I always felt that was going to be a step too far. And yeah, the Bengals have really just, like we, and, and even, um, you know, there's a lot of Bengal fans that watch the show, and they were, you know, they were commenting at the weekend and on our picks and stuff and they were calling them and rightly so the three defeats have all been by walk-off field goals so you know, they're, they're there thereabouts in the AFC and it'd be interesting to see now when the AFC games roll around they're playing the Browns next week which is another home dinger for for an AFC North Divisional game bearing in mind how close these games always seem to be we saw it yesterday with the Ravens and Browns which will come to shortly so interesting times but yeah it was great to see Burrow and Chase the connections unbelievable Looking forward to watching that over the next few weeks. No doubt the Bengals will be up there towards the end of the year and that can make things interesting depending on who gets the number one pick. Let's let's see what happens and no doubt we're in for a fun time there again. Can Cincinnati shock the world again? Uh, Colm, let's jump on this Giants-Jacksonville Jaguars game. Uh, Jaguars fall 2-5. and five. Giants 6-1 and one now after the win yesterday. Uh, Jags and Broncos both 2-5 and five play each other in London on Sunday. We'll all be there. Half one kickoff. The clocks go back this weekend, hey? Like how scary is that scary biscuits lads um, here first off before I sound like I'm being naive here well done to the Giants in the win fantastic to grind out a win 6-1 and one in the season Saquon looks fantastic never mind the fact that Daniel Jones uh, did I say Daniel Jones had, te- had 10 yards he had, he had 107 yards rushing that's my bad can I just you know what I'm not even going to pause anymore I literally have had about 4.5 hours sleep average per day for the last 2 months so no I'm not apologising that's incredible that's unbelievable but Jesus called the Jaguars threw this game away. Yeah? At the end. How the hell did they not score a touchdown at the end? They had about 18 opportunities. The whole Saquon thing with the minute. Granted, the Giants could have done the same thing before that. But Trevor Lawrence, um, in terms of yesterday, had 22 or 43. If you actually look at the next-gen stats, the amount of incompletions he had would make a Broncos fan sort of happy for Sunday. That's how bad it was. But when is he going to get that right? you got Christian Kirk there. Christian Kirk only had 96 yards yesterday when he could have had way more than that. Travis Eddie and Kari, that team in the rush yesterday. Uh, 
excited, I guess, to see in person what Trevor Lawrence can do if he's improved much over a year <laughs> on Sunday. And the Giants say, who have the Giants got on Sunday this week, Brian? Seattle. Oh, good. Well, you, you were talking about the 1972 Dolphins and the Eagles on Sunday, so I can't wait to hear your pick for that game this week. Colm, uh, do you agree with me? Because I had this conversation this morning in work saying that the hell is, like watch just watch that last Jaguars drive how the hell did not score a touchdown in that last drive nuts like and that's that's on Doug Peterson and the Jaguars at the end of the day they couldn't get it over the line fair play to the Giants well it's also a testament to to Dable and what the Giants have done so the, the stat that stood out to me so the Giants record when trailing in the fourth quarter this season four and one the previous five seasons Three and fifty-eight. I mean, talk talk about a, a turnaround. And what you would have to say about the the Giants—they keep losing players. They lost their rookie tight end to a really nasty injury yesterday. My goodness, and, and he's having surgery, and it looks like that's him out for the season. And he was coming on, and, and obviously Evan Neal went down. But they keep finding ways to do it, and it's not like it is. You know, one player, obviously Saquon's having a good year, but they're not only leaning on Saquon. And Daniel Jones, um, I, I, you know, we we still, look, we're, we're not even at the halfway point. We have to, to see. But at this point, with not a whole lot around him, he's having a, a very, very solid, solid year. Um, he is... He's an interesting character. Um, you know, he is very different to a lot of the QBs in the league. He's probably less comfortable at a podium than perhaps even Kirk Cousins. But my goodness, on on the field, he just finds ways to to get it done. And you know, when you consider, say, that play right where EDN looked like he was in, and Thibodeau manages to to get back. They are just performing. Every single guy who gets on that field is performing. I don't know where where it ends up for for the Giants, especially if these injuries continue. But they have six victories, <clears throat> and if I was to take my own, my own team, uh, you know, in in terms of the the, the last number uh, of years, um, there are. Only two years uh, out out of the the past five where the Broncos have gone above six wins. So you know, kudos to the Giants on on getting there already. For the Jags, it's another one of those. There were moments, but it wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't a full game, and we need to see that from Lawrence. There are moments in games where you really like it, and then there are others where you're you're left kind of you know scratching your head a little bit. But look, he is a year and a bit into this. For some players, it takes a bit longer. Yeah, Brian, just before we look at the Giants there, it was it was interesting in terms of the Jags, and we're all hopping on a plane this weekend to actually go and watch the Jaguars, so I think it is relevant. Like, it's, It was almost frustrating watching it as a neutral, because you're like, you've got space, there's guys open, why? Because he was very athletic yesterday, but there were so many in, in, incompleted pass, uh, passes, and it was just, it was frustrating. Obviously, the Giants defense done a, done a good enough job, they won the game. Uh, Daniel Jones has been very, very impressive, but I just find it very, very strange that last drive. That being said, Giants have won the game, and, and they, they obviously deserve to be on the scoreline. I, I was, it's strange to say I was impressed with Lawrence, because you're right, there was so many incomplete passes, but his composure in the pocket when he was under pressure was better than I expected to be. I thought the Giants would rattle him. As the game went on, he did get a little bit more uncomfortable. I can see, you can see as you watch, as he progresses, like he is getting better. 
you know, it's hard not to after last season, but I would put this one down to coaching again. Like, we keep talking about Brian David and coaching. And it's like, Peterson yesterday makes some strange decisions. Um, and you're, sorry, I just wanted one more. Colin was talking about Thibodeau running down the field 60 yards, the commitment to the team to stop that play. I would also go the one where Etienne is essentially running into the end zone for a touchdown and McKinney punches the ball out and the Giants recover in the end zone with a huge uh, turning point in the game. The one for me, which was the turning point in the game, was Doug Peterson. They're winning 17 13. It's a tight game. It's going to come down to a touchdown or a field goal. He gives up on three points on the 20-yard line on a 4-1, and he gives the ball to the quarterback when, as you said, Etienne had a great game and they couldn't stop him all throughout the course of the game. But he went for it and he does, he does a quarterback sneak. And from that resulting drive, the Giants then take the ball and Daniel Jones officially marched down the field. They went 10 plays in a row running the ball, eating into the clock. Jones, over the course of the day, 202 yards passing, 107 yards rushing, touchdown throw and a touchdown a, a, a touchdown sneak and Saquon went over 100 yards on the last drive Michael in fairness um, and I'm not trying to be biased like in fairness I've read it all today there was some very soft flags on that particular drive that drive should have been long the over the flags throughout the game I have to say and I, this is going on the other side the flags throughout the game yesterday yeah. were embarrassing were, were, yeah. was a complete embarrassment to the league on both sides and both sides can feel equally done by I, I completely agree with you but yeah especially in that yeah. last one and and it was almost play. like we were trying to give it to them that's why I was saying how the hell did he not score because he got well, the ball like, down the field like you, you can imagine as a Giants fan when you think there's only 24 seconds left because you think Saquon is Got gone on his knees and kept the clock running only for it to be reversed with the, with the uh, check that he had gone out of bounds. You give the ball back with a minute and seven to go, you're fearing the worst. And as the flags kept going, you, you, you're fearing the worst, fearing the worst again. On the last one, the only thing that surprised me about that last play was he didn't make sure the ball went into the end zone because you always run the risk if you're trying to give it to a player two or three yards out when you've got a defense essentially blocking the, the end zone, not in the end zone itself, but actually on, on the perimeter, on the line, doing their utmost to make sure that no one's getting into the end zone to put the ball in the position where he's going to catch it and he's going to have to turn his wheels and get into the end zone. I thought it was a risky move. And the Giants sussed it out and got around and got three or four year players down. David, after the game, was disgusted, to be honest. Um, his, it, wasn't, it wasn't a rant as much as... But it reminded me of Sir Alex Ferguson when, they beat, uh, when he was the Aberdeen manager. They beat Rangers 1-0 in the 83 Cup final. He said it was a disgraceful performance. Do you remember 83 that one, Cup final? You ever the hell you were you born, sir? 78, Michael. <laughs> Um, no, genuinely, if you ever watched, honestly, Colin knows what I'm talking about, don't you, Colin? He Ferguson beat, was the manager of Everdeen, they beat Rangers 1-0, and he went nuts after the game about how bad his team played. It wasn't that bad, but Dave was disgusted after the game with how he played. He said it wasn't very good. Um, but then he's outside with the fans 10 minutes later smoking a cigar, which is, which is great to see. Uh, big win, rolling on Seattle on Sunday. Shout out to that guy that done the uh, Giants draft pick follows me on Instagram he was going nuts last night I must get him on because he literally followed me last week and I, I, I knew I recognised him somewhere and then I seen it what, what's the last name again do you know where? oh god um, Rain Shack mm-hmm. yeah you, you really should I mean you, you I, know, I, I know exactly who you're talking about yeah I know who you're talking about seems like a nice a, a lovely lad I don't know why he didn't go yeah. to, to, to London let's uh, let's jump on the last two games before we get a quick fire um, last three games Oof. Boys, uh, Ravens, Ravens win against the Browns twenty three to twenty. Colm, um, you were talking about uh, certain wide receivers in Chicago last year. Uh, free the uh, free the Chicago one. Is that what, is, is that what you call it? I want to free the Baltimore eighty nine. Where the hell's Mark Andrews at? Your boy here had money on it, did he? Potentially, potentially not. 
Um, the Ravens get over the line. I am sick of seeing John Harbour panic with three minutes to go. And frankly, if it was any other team, the fans would not stand for it. But they get they get the job done. Lamar doesn't look fully there yet uh, at all. But Devin Duvernay looks good. And the Ravens are a fun team to watch, especially when they almost mess it up again. Well, it's a divisional matchup. I mean, I think some of the hits in this game I could almost feel uh, here in Dublin. It was a proper kind of belter of a of a game, and ultimately, yeah, the the Ravens come out the right side of it. A lot of controversy in terms of the the ending and the the call, but it you know it, it certainly would seem from what I have seen on Twitter, that the vast majority of O-line guys on, on Twitter um, feel that it was actually a, a penalty and that the Browns weren't hard done by. I have no doubt that Browns fans feel differently about that. And uh, that's the the nature of the, the beast. Yeah, I, Mark Andrews, hey, for National Tight End Day, it, I think for for the majority of tight ends around the league, it was probably a day to forget. I think for for the Ravens, it is a you know they needed this right. They almost needed to to win a game late in circumstances that they could point to, and and sometimes that can spark something in you we've seen it in in various different uh, sports where all of a sudden you get a late win and you can use that you can build on that momentum they obviously have a, a big game uh, coming up and that will probably be you know a huge moment if they can get another victory right to build on this then they could go uh, on a bit of a run. Obviously, if they were to, to lose the next one, then it all comes to naught. Then all of the, those questions come back up again. But the, I'm not at all surprised that it ended up on the, the last play of the game, given what we've A, seen in the league this year, but B, more historically, what we see between the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah, um, I'm a bit... Perplexed by the Ravens, we all thought this team was going to be really strong this year, but I wasn't impressed with them yesterday. I think the Browns let one, let one slide yesterday. The Browns came out really strong, you know, did 10 points in two opening drives. Then they went away in the second quarter, two quarters, Jacob Brissett, which is not why he's therefore was in shotgun for large parts, which just doesn't suit his game. But they, the Browns were averaging seven yards per, per, game, per play, and look at the Ravens' stats, four, four yards per play. Like Jackson didn't have the best of games. Well, the column is probably right. Like, this is the kind of game they just needed to get it over the line, get a win, win a game in a difficult manner. And then it's just a late game where they don't show it away like they had been over the past while this season. And then they'll go into, they're probably getting the books at the right time. Who knows? But, like, again, an opportunity to go five and three, and things could look very different next week if they do do that. But I wasn't convinced by them. And I don't think, I think teams are going to have to seriously change the Ravens for them to be in the hunt come come January, but look, there's a long way to go. We've seen teams like the Bucks, for example, and the Rams, you know, hit November, go on a run. But right now, I just think this Ravens team just doesn't look the outfit we all expected this season. Did your boy watch Bloodlands instead of watching the Raiders game? 
was he frustrated at the end of Bloodlands? Not at all. I watched the NFL because it's my job and I fairly enjoyed it last night. Uh, Raiders winning 38 to 20 over the Texans. Texans won 4 and 1. The funny thing was at the start of the game, Davis Mills, they get off to it. <laughs> it wasn't a decent start, but they had 10 points through the first half. They were 10 10 at half time. Davis Mills finished at 300 yards passing. Calm, they still lose the game 38 20. Josh Jacobs. Uh, three touchdowns over 140 yards on the day what happened with Derek Carr at the start do you know he was on and off like a yo-yo at one point but uh, look Raiders moved to 2-4 and four, and I think they moved third in the AFC West they'll look at the Broncos game in London this weekend and the Chiefs being on the bye as a lick the lip situation and, and they'll, they'll, they'll try and move up and certainly based on the last few weeks um, it's going to be interesting yeah, it looked to me, I could be wrong, but it looked like maybe a, a rib injury, maybe just had the, the wind knocked out of him for a, a little uh, a little bit, certainly seemed in initial pain, but came back in. And yeah, look, Josh Jacobs, they've leaned into him and he has been um, fantastic. The, the Raiders are actually the uh, second uh, highest scorers in the AFC West, more so than the Broncos uh, or the Chargers. Now, you might say that's a little akin to winning a taller than Danny DeVito contest. But at the same time, they if they can figure things out on defense and just shore that up a little bit, then, you know, the, the Raiders, I, I think, could certainly be in play for second in, in the division. And given that, you know, a lot of AFC teams are going to beat a lot of other AFC teams, who, who knows? Things got off to a really, really rocky start for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. And obviously what happened with Devonta Adams and we talked a little bit about that police investigation seems over the top but maybe that maybe again like we talked about with the Ravens that sometimes teams can kind of coalesce around a late winner uh, sometimes teams can coalesce if they feel that there has been a slight against them and, and there's been an overreaction maybe that's something that the Raiders can kind of coalesce around that will be interesting to, to see but nobody is going to enjoy trying to stop Josh Jacobs uh, with the form he's in contract year also Brian, what did you think of the Raiders' defense yesterday? Max Crosby had a decent day in terms of tackles. Uh, Harmon had, had an interception on the day. The thing for me with the wide receiver core is they're not getting enough out of Renfro and Hollins. They need to try and they need to try and justify that because okay, you can give us Devontae Adams as many times as you want, but he had ninety five yards yesterday. Eventually, in games when you're not playing the Texans, that's going to become an issue. But look, the Texans held in there. Uh, I remain to be convinced on this Raiders team overall but if we're going to call the Chargers spoofers maybe I can go halfway towards calling Derek Carr a spoofer um, time will tell we're, we're, we're only 7 weeks in baby and we'll, we'll see what happens Oh, also also, did you know that Vegas is only 274 miles from Glendale Arizona I knew that yeah I, knew that. I didn't know that I do now, yeah. now. I just and, and I'm going to leave that with you and we'll and we'll, we'll talk about just, that in late January we were, we were holding that one for the following year when the Super Bowl's in Vegas nah yeah. nah we'll do what they're doing for the World Cup you know, they're, you know they're flying into Abu Dhabi and they're going to Qatar we could do that um, I day, think that could be a good trip, idea day trip to Vegas okay. I know I day trip to Glendale and then Okay. Anyway, I don't think people want to be hearing about our itinerary. We'll uh, we'll move back to the game. It's more interesting than this game, mate. To be fair. Well, but, no, I don't okay. know. Like this game was interesting. I actually thought this was actually one of the better games this weekend because you're going into the fourth quarter and it's twenty four twenty, and the Texans have 
The Texans are, are fairness to the Texans, no matter who they're playing, they'll always do their utmost to stay in the game and be in a position to win the game. And when it gets away from them in the fourth quarter, Davis Mills, like you can see the way the, the game plan is. Like, and it's I'm not going to compare him to Daniel Jones, but it's the type of you don't make any mistakes and allow us to be in a position to win a game come the fourth quarter. But the problem is once they get behind by double digits or he gets prone for a mistake. We saw the interception against the Bears a couple of weeks ago, which led to the field goal that won the game for the Bears. And yesterday, when they were in the game at 24-20, he does the pick six and essentially the game is, is over in. So the 38-20 is not a fair reflection. I thought the Texans, for large parts, played well. But on the flip side for the Raiders, you're talking about the offense. The Raiders need this run game to be really good because that allows them a situation where then they can play complementary offense with Devontae Adams with Renfro and Waller when he comes back from injury because right up to a couple of weeks ago they weren't getting a run game everybody was snuffing out Adams and nothing was happening but yeah here they are as Colm said highest, second highest points in the division they had four drives yesterday of 70 yards or more and scored four touchdowns off that to me if you have an offense that can go 70 yards four times in the game and score touchdowns that's good offense and whether it's Jacobs scoring a touchdown or whether it's um, to, to water saver, does it really matter in the end of the day as long as they're getting the points? That to me was efficient. Carr top paid really well yesterday. And Jacobs was a free agent after the season. I imagine he, if you do, they don't sign him up, he'll be the one everybody will be going after come come March when there's a glutter of teams looking for a new running back. Um, he, for a guy that was playing in the, the preseason game, in the, the Hall of Fame game, and they only gave him, they gave him a handful of snaps and, the, and they continued that throughout the preseason. Because there was a converse, there was a conversation or a narrative that he wouldn't be very involved this year. He's rebounding. He's proven a point to that Raiders team. Big win for the Raiders to go to the Saints next Sunday. And where the Saints are now, I think the Rangers, the Rangers, the Raiders fans will fancy their chances of going to three and four. Let's see what happens. Uh, one thing I will say is they've they've put is it the Texans play the Eagles next week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they've scheduled one of the games for the World Series. It must be the week after. Well done. The, like, whoever puts these schedules together, fair, fair play. And I know that we're all going for the Phillies to win the World Series, especially Brian here, big big Phillies well, fan. So. I think you'll find they'll be cheering on Houston. Thanks very here, much. What, here, Colin, what a year for Philly. Eh? Jesus. Uh, right, here. We've got one more game to look at. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so tempted to make the commissioner's decision here to not to talk about something else, but... Uh, we haven't talked about this team much, actually, and I have to give it to him. Colm, I think it's fair to say for three, seven weeks of the season that uh, Brian Dable is the standout candidate for Coach of the Year. Uh, I don't think there's, there's no doubt in that at the minute, unless somebody makes some sort of ridiculous end of the season. Uh, maybe the Broncos, if they want to fire somebody this weekend, that would be nice, um, and bring somebody in. But very, you know, in, in second place behind Dable at the minute has to be Mike Vrabel. Uh, his Salt Bay gif yesterday was was magic and uh, proved me wrong I at one point yesterday I thought the Colts were going to take control of the game but Titans took control of the game at the end uh, Henry got enough efficiency on the runs and they win 19 to 10 against a Colts team which is now benching Matt Ryan which apparently came out at the start for an apparent shoulder injury because this boy here tweeted about it got massive abuse from three people thank you to everyone watching that heard that or seen that uh, so I then deleted the tweet and within three minutes um it was then announced that he's sort of out for the season and they're going to put him as a backup for the rest of the season. Matt Ryan has been awful this season. But to bench him after everything, it's week seven. Really? What are they doing? I mean, do, do you agree with that? I, I do. I, 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 like, I think there's a, a 
the Colts are a mess. They're an absolute mess. They're a train wreck. And but I, I think Matt Ryan has he's just looks so old, and he's behind a line who that that line, you know, that fully fit line is the most highly paid in the entire league, and it has been awful. But Matt Ryan is completely immobile. He cannot move. So when anyone gets through the line. He is, he's just stood there and he, the amount of punishment that he has taken. Now it's very interesting because up, up to and including last night after the game, most Colts beat writers said, no, 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 it's not a problem at uh, Matty Ice. Problems are elsewhere. Don't, we're, we're not even going to discuss moving on um, from Matt Ryan. Well, 24 hours later, and by all accounts at the owner's um, behest, it has, it has happened. Look, I think. Reality is um, there will be massive changes in Indianapolis at the end of the season. I think they will probably be in the market for a new head coach and uh, a new, certainly a new QB. Whether the GM remains in situ or not, he probably will because he has quite a, a good relationship with the owner. Um, and we talked to him, he, he's a smart guy, but the marriage between, I suppose, his vision around team building and the head coach, it just hasn't worked there. And I would I would agree on in terms of what you're saying, one, two, I think Nick Sirianni is three, but I would say I think Vrabel and Dable are cut from similar cloths. I think what they look to do is ensure their teams maximise um, their ability, their potential, and they make as few mistakes as possible, and therefore they can capitalise. Essentially, don't don't give the game away. Remain tight and capitalise on in, any mistakes. I think you see that in both of those. And look, the Titans are, are doing it. We we all thought it would be the, the Colts here. Evidently, that is not the case. Brian, hell of a year for quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. Uh, there's still time for, for Carson and for Russell to turn it around if they can find a way to start again. But it looks if Matt Ryan's done. Uh, and that's a decision. I know Colm's touched on it there, but... GM has to go there as well. That's that's a shocking decision to bring him uh, in. I, I would probably just disagree with Carl slightly there. I think it's a clean house situation completely. I know that sometimes the relationship just runs its course and the better thing to do is just move on and have a fresh start. I read something last week and I can't recall the five teams, but there was five teams starting with a new quarterback this season. Um, I, we can name them off the top of our hand very quickly here. Anyway, the Colts, the Broncos, uh, Washington, and I can't recall the other ones, but all five teams were struggling. Struggling with a new quarterback. There was no team that hit the ground running with their new quarterback, which is unusual because you usually find one goes in immediately and has a huge upward turn, and we haven't seen it this season. I was slightly surprised with Matt Ryan because I felt Matt Ryan played really well last week. So I just felt it was like to, for a week a week on where, yes, he's had a really bad game and the numbers are terrible. Like 10 drives, 5 punts, 4 turnovers. Like They didn't score any points in the first half against the Titans when they played at home. They didn't score any points in the first half yesterday against the Titans. I suppose the writing was on the wall. Maybe I just didn't see it coming. I thought they would have left it for a few more weeks. But this owner, in fairness, like we saw it last year at the end of the season, came out immediately after that Jacksonville loss in week 17, week 18, sorry, and said, uh, you know, Wentz is done. And he seems to be calling the shots, you know, and maybe Frank Reich recognises he has to make the change, otherwise his job is gone. He's his last throw the dice here. For the Titans, yeah, you're right. Like, this Titans offence yesterday wasn't even that good. That's the thing. They only had 250 yards of total Total yards, and I was looking back at all the games they played this season. And four, four or five of these games are wins. This, um, the, the Bills game isn't a win, obviously. They, they only put up 107 yards 
offense. And he put 252 up against the Raiders. Um, fair enough. I'll give him that. Colts 116 yards. Washington 136 yards. Colts again yesterday. Strangely enough, the exact same number, 116 yards. They're not setting the world tonight, but you have to find the ways to win. And as you said, it's down to coaching, efficient coaching, situational football, and they're down to continue to do that. It'd be interesting to see now when they go up against the Chiefs in two weeks on Sunday Night Football, how they can live with a team like the Chiefs. So, but again, I'm sure Freiburg will have a plan and find a way to at least remain competitive. So it looks like the division is there for them, but who knows, the Colts could have a, an upward turn with this quarterback. The Texans are not going to be in the running, and the Jags are falling off the cliff quickly with four losses in a row. Okay, um, let's go quick fire because I am fading more than Keno and Saipan, lads. I'll openly admit it. I'm wrecked. Um, okay, I, Colin, I'm just going to take over this one. I'm going to answer the Broncos because I don't want to put you in that position this week where they're coming over and we don't want to get in trouble. So I'll get in trouble. Hackett's losing his job on Sunday and the Jags are going to completely destroy them on Sunday. From what I've seen against the Giants yesterday, the Jags just need a few players to go right and they'll make it work. They'll put up fairly on Sunday and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm still going to pick the Broncos for the crack, but I am going to openly say on this broadcast, I do believe, I feel that Nathaniel Hackett will lose his job. And the only other thing I'll say about that game is Jets defense looks great. Has anybody seen the kid on TikTok for the Jets that eats the ice cream whenever they win? Really, really I'll, I'll try and find it. Really, really cute kid. He's become like a viral sensation. I think he's called Joey. Uh, anyway, I when Colin talks about the Cowboys in a second, I'll find it and put it on the screen. But uh, really, really cute kid. Fair play to the Jets. Fair play to Sauce Gardner. And the only thing I'll say about the Broncos is that, that play at the end of the game was an absolute disgrace. Like, Colin, we know a guy that's travelled from Australia for that. I mean, sweet Jesus, Nazareth. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I believe the last time he came in London, uh, McDaniels didn't get on the plane or he was fired. Uh if a bye week the week after they are not surviving he is not surviving that and yesterday proved one thing Russell Wilson is not the problem Colin that Dallas defense looks legit and I guess people are asking what the second best team in the NFC is I, we say the I, I think it will be fascinating and look Hackett is certainly on the hot seat but if he is fired if the Broncos were to lose and if he was fired he would become the uh quickest uh head rookie head coach fired since 1977 george allen uh was fired two games in to his rookie season uh it would be quite something it it could certainly happen and we will see i have my doubts i think they will leave him in situ because i don't think there is anyone there to take over but i think it is a situation of one and done and the Broncos have all sorts of issues. And yeah, moving on to a team that certainly have, are, are, have I suppose, ne- uh, offensive, some offensive struggles, but not not nearly to the, the level of the, the Broncos, but their defense is absolutely outstanding. The Cowboys, I think Dak was talking about he handpicked this game. It took a long time for the Cowboys to get going. They really struggled at times, but Micah Parsons and that defense are serious business. Um, for the the Lions, the the feel good factor is gone. It, the Dan, the Dan Campbell last season and everything that came out of hard knocks, it 
it's really into a situation they have to start winning games if if he is to there's another coach who you know if he is to to remain in in situ um because they are struggling big time but this cowboys defense if they can make it to the the playoffs they nobody nobody is going to want to to go up against these guys in uh you know i i, I don't think it'll be a jerry's world given that uh where they're at but even on the road um nobody's going to want to have to face michael parsons though some of those plays yesterday where he d- doesn't get it but he chases the, the guy down and he catches up i mean that's just the type of motor that he has it's ridiculous brian two things i know you're going to talk about the dolphins quick fire here uh, Cowboys Giants Thanksgiving. I propose that we meet in all of us meet in Dublin or Belfast for that game. That's a hell of a game. I'm actually. Do you know what we're, we're making this a thing? Belfast Hotel Thursday night. We'll do it in that NFL pub. Uh, do you think Hackett will be fired? And then talk about the Dolphins. Go for it. I didn't think Hackett would be fired, but as the weeks are progressing, I'm. I'm not. Oh, it's God, it's a tough one, isn't it? If they were to lose this week and the bye week coming up, it makes sense uh, that they would show him the door. Um, I saw someone on Twitter today saying he's the worst hire in the NFL since Urban Meyer. So, I would say it's the worst situation in terms of somebody getting fired since Phil Hogan two years ago. It's it's not good. But look, they could win this weekend. Like The, the, the NFL has a strange way of finding... Um, just before we get on to the top, you're talking about... I saw that the ice cream was trending actually on Twitter. That people are and, his, and his name is Johnny. And you know what? He comes on every week and he eats his ice cream and he talks about the performance and he called the Broncos a bunch of losers yesterday. So thank exactly. you for that, Johnny. And I, t- and I assume uh, that we'd all be having an ice cream tonight, so I brought me a box of brunches. Oh, you? Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm away. <laughs> Um, look, um, I'm glad I gave you a laugh because there was nothing to laugh about on Sunday Night Football. Michael, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the best of games. Um, there wasn't a did score. Did you watch it? Of course I did, yeah. Ah, oh, here. Yeah, I had to, I told you I wanted to see this, this celebration of the Dolphins <laughs> 1972 team. No, um, look, let's be fair, I didn't watch the second half. And I'm glad I didn't because there was no scores in the second half. What I did take from the game this morning watching it back was, again, it was a strange one because McDaniels uh, turned down points to essentially put the game away but it, but an op- with an opportunity to kick a field goal to go 19-10 up, he refused and went for on fourth down. Bearing in mind the situation with the quarterback and stuff, you think he'd be securing himself of points to make it a little bit more comfortable. He didn't and in the end it nearly cost him because Kenny Pickett and the guys drove down and the Steelers drove down potentially to win the game. Didn't materialise. He had a, a night with interceptions. I wasn't really an hour about the Dolphins' performance, but they'll be glad to have got the win. And bear in mind, they just lost three. Um, it was one they needed to get over the line. It wasn't the greatest Sunday night football. I think they'll be glad to see that that, that game is coming gone. Whenever I was in LAX in February, I bought sleeping pills, six pa- six packs of them to do me throughout the year for certain situations. Uh, and I took one last night before Sunday night football got in the bed and then was asked to go on the radio <laughs> so if you want to have a laugh listen back to that because i'm slurring my words obviously please be responsible folks that's why i didn't watch any of that football and frankly i didn't need a sleeping tablet because it would have put me to sleep and one thing that'll put me to sleep tonight is the chicago bears uh who are two the bears are two and four if sweet the bears win tonight they're tied with the packers <laughs> going up against uh the Patriots can I just say and this is this is great because Mark can't argue back and be like because all Mark's done I've watched the last two or three months, all Mark does whenever you say something that makes sense to him he comes back with a thing about the Broncos and it's like 
Come on, mate. So I'll say it now. If the Patriots start Mac Jones tonight, they're making a mistake. Keep it zappy. If you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands. Uh, I don't need to talk about this game. The, the Patriots are winning this game by at least 7.5 points. I think the handicap is at 8.5, Brian. Uh, I'm taking it all day long. Gamble responsibly. Big Billy Belichick, I think, makes a... Is it a record or something tonight, Colin, that we should probably talk about? Uh, this game will be over by the half. And the Bears are going to 2-5. and five. And I'm sorry to the Bears fans watching this broadcast at the minute. Because there's 18 people watching on YouTube right now. So if you're a Bears fan... Please don't unsubscribe. I'll just leave the show and not come back instead. Colm, who have you got? The Bill Belichick lo- loves going up against, um, and, and Fields isn't a rookie, but he's not a you know he's not a vet quarterback, and that's what Bill Belichick generally specializes in is putting uh, QBs under pressure. I think that this will be Mac Jones coming back in, and I think in fairness to Mac Jones. The Patriots' offensive experiment is beginning to bear fruit. I think when they came, when Jones started the season, they had Patricia and Joe Judge there. They didn't really know. I think they were kind of fighting it out. I think they have under Zappi gone to a system that suits them a lot better. I am interested to see when Jones comes back in how he operates. And that will be a, a fair comparison then. I mean, if Mac Jones comes in, right, and he's playing in this new um, Patriots offense, which is much similar to what he ran last year, and he still, you know, looks bad in comparison to Sappy, and it's against the Bears, I think, you know, then you can legitimately ask questions. But I think um, what he came into at the start of the season um, was, uh, you know, not not the situation he would have wanted to find himself in. Some of the stories that have come out of New England in the past couple of weeks have been really interesting that the feeling that he needed to be humbled and taken down a peg and that maybe he feels a little chastened and so let's let's see how that plays out i am not expecting fireworks in this one but i am expecting a patriots victory i think it's important that mac jones does play tonight um because next sunday and not to look too far ahead and to probably be a bit doing a disservice to the bears but the reality is the Patriots should win this game. Bear in mind how well they played over the past two weeks. They beat the Lions two weeks ago, shut them out, and then obviously last weekend going and went to Cleveland really strong. Their offense seems to be coming together, and there's a lot of rookie players making huge contributions. I struggle to see how this Bears defense can hold down Stevenson and, and Harris is going to return tonight. So they might lean on the run game, which they've been doing heavily throughout the course of the season. And then this is a nice comfortable game for Mac Jones to get back into because this weekend it's Jets Patriots. And right now you've got a team five and two going aiming to go six and two. And if the Patriots were to win tonight and be four and three and they were to knock off the Jets this weekend, they'll both be five and three. It's a huge game this weekend. So it's why it's important the Patriots come out and have a really strong performance with Mac Jones there and get themselves ready for a big game on Sunday. Um Mac Jones is the quarterback goes we can zap in that him. game in New Jersey or in or in it's a, Met, it's a MetLife, yeah. Um and we can go on about the the zappy factor and I know there's a conversation about Belichick you know will turn to the quarterback he feels is given the best opportunity but like this guy was only drafted in the first round last year they're not going to step away from him right now it's not like where Bledsoe was there for quite a few years and other quarterbacks and other scenarios where they've had to uh, I suppose accept that someone else is coming in to take the reins he's only second year in the league there's still a lot of time for this quarterback so for me Mac Jones I think Mac Jones is, I think it's confirmed Mac Jones is going to play tonight maybe I'm wrong but 
I still expect, bearing in mind the game itself, taking away from all the other conversations around Sunday's game and how big that one is, I can't see how the Bears can do much against this Patriots defence, which by and large has been quite good this season. Patriots to win and that eight and a half, Michael, not to get into a betting world, but it, it, it looks very tempting. I was actually trying to find the handicap for that Jets game on Sunday because the Jets would surely open up as favourites for the first time against the Patriots in a long, long time. And one thing that I will say, I know we've got a betting podcast coming out this week, the Packers are, is it minus 10.5 underdogs against the Bills? This is the thing, I I have a flight on Sunday morning at half six, so I have to watch Sunday football and then come home without sleeping, which is, is awful. It's just, it's, it's an awful life to have. Uh, big shout out to everyone who's watched tonight's broadcast. Uh, shout out to Jer saying, go Jets. Sorry, but last night, lads, I'm not sure what that means, Jer, but you're a good lad. And ev- everyone said I was down in the Jets. Sure. I'm not sure. Jer is, uh, he's, a, he's a Jets fan. So I think that's, uh, that's where that's uh, coming from. And there's a lot of, I suppose, oh, my bad. Um, there's, there's some <laughs> comments in there. There was a bit of a discussion I had asked in terms of the Jets trading for a running back. But obviously, they've now lost um, one of their top O-line guys as well. Um, just a season of incredible injuries that we are, are seeing. And I I think it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do. I would expect them to go out and probably make a trade. Um, there, there are a few um, running backs out there who are on the block. And obviously, we've got a week to go until the trade deadline. Big Keith thought I was down on the Dolphins last week. I'm not. I think the Dolphins are good. I think on their day, they've got the best offense in football because nobody can guard their wide receiver core. And let's see what happens. Uh, probably the worst game for two in McDaniel. Yeah, let, 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 let's see what happens. They still, they still got the win, albeit against, and we haven't said his word all night. It seems that seems we're avoiding it. Kenny, pick, pick. Pickety, pickety, pick, pick. Let's see what happens. Uh, that's us, yeah? Yeah? That's us. That's us until, until Wednesday. We have a, um, a couple of guests on Wednesday's show as we build up to week eight. Week Ocho. Keep her lip. Have a good night. Thanks for subscribing. Thank Thanks you. for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. Have a good one, lads. Good luck. Enjoy Monday Night Football.